seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, the trial of the NHS nurse Lucy Letby is continuing at Manchester Crown Court. She wept as she told the court that she was devastated at being accused of murdering seven young babies and the attempted murder of ten others. Asked by her defence lawyer if she'd done anything wrong, no, she replied. She told the jury that she'd only ever done her best to care for the babies. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations, the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven newborns and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. The jury has now been sitting for eight months. Prosecutors have finished outlining their case and the court has begun hearing from the defence on why, they say, Lucy Letby is not guilty of the 22 charges that she faces. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. So we had more delays last week when a juror had a personal issue, which meant the court only sat for a few hours on Friday. Those of you following the case closely will hopefully have realised what was going on from my updates on my Twitter page. But on Friday, Nick Johnson Casey was finally able to get on with his cross-examination of Lucy Letby. Regular listeners will know that the babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected, so we're calling them Babies A to Q. This podcast will go further than the headlines and news reports, but at times you might wonder why we aren't bringing you more detail. That's because we can only tell you what the jury have heard, and that's to preserve the integrity of a fair trial. Seven of the babies died, ten survived. Every one of these babies was or is someone's son or daughter, 
and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. In this episode, we'll hear Lucy Lett be accused of getting a thrill out of watching the grieving parents of a baby girl after she died. We'll hear her claim doctors and nurses were not able to properly care for a baby who'd had surgery. And we'll bring you the allegation that she took the opportunity to try to kill when staff were busy with an emergency. Plus, we'll explain that she visited the cot side of a baby who collapsed minutes later. Welcome to episode 37, Dancing the Dance. Right, Liz, so after an eight-day delay, we were finally back in court on Friday and Lucy Letby was back in the witness box facing more questions from the lead prosecutor. Yes, Mr Johnson picked up where he'd left off more than a week earlier by continuing to cross-examine Lucy Letby. He focused his questions on baby I, baby J and baby K. So we touched on the case relating to baby I a little in last week's episode. She was a very premature baby girl who was born at 27 weeks when her mother's waters broke early. And you might remember from that case that Lucy Letby sent her parents a sympathy card on the day of her funeral and a picture of that card was later found on her mobile phone. She's accused of attacking baby I three times before allegedly murdering her on the fourth attempt when she was around 11 weeks old on October the 23rd, 2015. So Mr Johnson began, as he's done before, by asking Lucy Letby whether there was anything she'd said previously that she now wished to change. It's been eight days since you were last sitting there. In those days, have you thought of anything that you've said that you would like to alter or review? No. He then started to ask her about the night shift of October the 22nd, when baby I died. He reminded the jury that baby I first collapsed just before midnight when she was found to be very unsettled by nurse Ashley Hudson, who was looking after her. She told the court she was crying a loud, relentless cry. The doctors were crash-bleeped and she was resuscitated in just a few minutes. Despite making what Dr John Gibbs said was a surprising recovery, baby I collapsed again at six minutes past one. Nurse Hudson told the court that at that time she'd temporarily left nursery one, but when she came back, baby I was crying. The same relentless cry, and Lucy Letby was standing by her incubator, with her hands inside the cot, trying to give her a dummy. She said Lucy Letby told her she just needs to settle. But her heart rate and oxygen levels plummeted, and again, the doctors were called back to help. After almost an hour of CPR, she couldn't be saved, and baby I died at just after two o'clock in the morning. It's the prosecution case that Lucy Letby murdered her by injecting her with air, first into her tummy, then into her bloodstream. And Mr Johnson asked Lucy Letby about baby I's health in the days before her death. She accepted that despite the three life-threatening events baby I'd suffered in the weeks before, she was alert and breathing for herself. Her abdomen was not swollen, and she'd been well enough to have cuddles with her parents the day before. But Lucy Letby told the jury that it was her case that on the night baby I died, there were staffing issues which may have affected her care. After her first collapse at midnight, Lucy Letby said Dr Rachel Chang, who was the registrar on duty, had been called away to the delivery suite to an emergency. Dr Gibbs, the consultant who'd come in to help, had taken baby eye off a ventilator because she was fighting it and trying to breathe for herself. He too then left the unit. The doctor had to be called away to a delivery 
and Dr. Gibbs took her off the ventilator and had to be called back within half an hour. So the medical issue was that Dr. Chang was called away. Is that it? Yes. Considering what baby I had been through, she was a poorly baby, and the doctors weren't there at all times. So a child who'd been very well for the preceding two shifts, you're suggesting should have had a doctor there throughout? Once she deteriorated, yes. Mr Johnson suggested that Baby Eyes was another case where Lucy Letby was disgruntled and jealous about looking after a child in Nursery 3 rather than in Nursery 1, where the less experienced Nurse Hudson was looking after Baby Eye. You didn't like being in Nursery 3, did you? No, I disagree. Were you jealous when Ashley was in Nursery 1 and you were in Nursery 3? No, there was nothing to be jealous of. She also disputed Nurse Hudson's account that Baby I had been crying loudly and relentlessly during her first collapse and insisted she'd been quiet and not breathing when she was called in to help the first time. Do you remember Nurse Hudson saying she heard a cry from Baby I she had not heard before? It was loud, relentless, almost constant. Her recollection was it was different from a hunger cry. Is she right about that? I did not hear that. Ashley called me in because baby I was quiet and apneic. She was not screaming when I went into the room. Mr Johnson asked her about three mistakes in the handwritten nursing charts for baby I and for another baby who's not involved in the case but who she was also looking after that night. He suggested Lucy Letby made the alterations to the entries after they'd been co-signed by a colleague to put some time between herself and the time when baby I collapsed. Three mistakes within 25 minutes in the paperwork of two different children, all just before this child died. I can't explain why the times have been changed. Well, they've been changed because you changed them. I don't know who has changed them. How do mistakes happen? When there is a lot going on on the unit, we may have written the wrong time. We or you? I don't believe that's me. We would both be there for it. Or is it you altering the medical records to put some time between yourself and the serious events relating to baby I? No. You say the errors in the paperwork are all mistakes made in good faith. I can't say who has overwritten that. We've no way of knowing now who did that, but I did not deliberately falsify any paperwork. She also insisted she couldn't remember whether she was alone in Nursery 1 with baby I when she collapsed for the second and final time. But Mr Johnson pointed to her defence statement, in which she described Nurse Hudson coming in to help. I do remember being in the nursery, and she was crying and Ashley came in. That clearly says you were there first, doesn't it? No, she may have been in the nursery at the time, and I've called her over. What, coming from the other half of the room? Potentially, yes. She could have come in from the other side of the nursery, or through one of the doors. I can't be specific. Do justice to yourself, and just think about it. Are you seriously suggesting, I called for Ashley, who came in, means Ashley was in there? I'm saying I don't have any memory of where Ashley was. You accept this document as an accurate summary of your case? Yes. That's the truth, isn't it? You were in there at a time when baby I was crying relentlessly and nobody else was there. Potentially, yes. I can't say 100%.
Do you remember Ashley said that when she went in, you had your hands in the incubator? That's the truth, isn't it? Yes, I was trying to settle her. My assessment was she was ready for milk. You had pumped baby eye with air, hadn't you? No. That's why she was so distressed? No. You were doing your best to kill her? No. There then followed a very long attempt to save baby eye, but despite the best efforts of Dr Chang and Dr Gibbs, she died. Yes. The reason for that is because you had injected her circulation with air, hadn't you? No. There was nothing they could do to prevent her dying. I have never injected air into any baby. Mr Johnson reminded the jury about the evidence of baby eye's mother. She'd previously told the court that after her daughter died, Lucy Letby came into the family room where she and her husband were bathing her for the final time. And it's worth reminding you of what baby eye's mum said. We covered this back in episode 14. Lucy bought the bath in. She said she could come in and take some photos, which we could keep. While we were bathing here, Lucy came back in. She was smiling and kept going on about how she was present at the first bath and how our daughter had loved it. I wish she would just stop talking. Eventually she realised and stopped. It was not something we wanted to hear. Mr Johnson suggested that she went back into the room because she was getting a thrill out of watching Baby Eye's parents, who were overwhelmed with grief and despair. Why did you say that? I was trying, in that awful situation, to have a little bit of normality, and I was referring to a positive memory. Baby Eye had enjoyed her first bath. It wasn't meant with any malice. It was not joking. It was just trying to reflect on a happier memory. You still talk to babies like they are alive. Do you understand the difference between life and death? Yes. How can you sit there and say Baby Eye was enjoying her first bath when she was dead? She had her first bath when she was alive. That's what I was referring to. I'm not saying she enjoyed the bath that she was passed away for. I was referring to the earlier bath, the first bath when she was alive, that I remember I had done for her. We took photographs. It was a big occasion. You were getting a thrill out of what you were watching, the grief and despair that you were watching in that room, weren't you? Absolutely not. No. Mr Johnson also reminded the jury about the sympathy card, which Lucy Letby sent a few weeks later. Three weeks or so later, you were taking pictures of a card that you'd written out in the neonatal unit where Baby Eye had died. Yes. Because you killed her, didn't you? No. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalised plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So Mr. Johnson turned his attention next to baby Jay. She was actually a twin, but her sister had died in the womb because of complications with her mother's pregnancy. Baby Jay was delivered about eight weeks early at the end of October 2015, but doctors quickly realised she'd been born with a perforated bowel and she underwent surgery at Alderhay Children's Hospital in Liverpool soon afterwards. She came back to the Countess aged around 11 days old and in fact her parents were preparing to take her home when the prosecution say Lucy Letby tried to murder her by smothering her when she was around a month old at the end of November. Mr Johnson read the jury an extract from Lucy Letby's defence statement in which she suggested staff at the Countess were not capable of dealing with baby Jay's needs when she returned from Alderhay. She said she'd never seen a baby with stomas, which involves her waste being temporarily recycled outside of her bowel, and both the doctors and nurses were reliant on the help of her parents, who'd been shown how to deal with them in Liverpool. She insisted that it wasn't right that less qualified band four nursery nurses were being asked to care for baby Jay. Was there an issue of competence? In terms of stoma care, yes. I didn't think it was a role nursery nurses should have been undertaking. I didn't think it was fair to put it on to the nursery nurses. But Mr Johnson reminded her about the evidence of Nurse Nicola Dennison, who'd been looking after baby Jay in Nursery 4 on the night shift of November the 26th when she collapsed. He said she told the jury she had experience of stomas and was comfortable dealing with them. He also showed the jury the guidelines that are issued to neonatal units from the British Association of Perinatal Medicine, which say band four nursery nurses should be allowed to do stoma care. You were deliberately creating the impression with the jury that the care provided to baby Jay was deficient. Yes, I do not think she had a high standard of care. What was deficient then? Where did they come up short? I do not feel anyone on that unit was overly confident to say, this is what you do with stomas. We were all asking the parents. Nobody was saying, this is what we do with baby Jay. Mr Johnson reminded jurors that baby Jay collapsed four times in the early hours of November the 27th, at 4.40am and then at 5am, at 7am and then at 7.25am. After the first two collapses, she was moved from Nursery 4 to the High Dependency Nursery, Nursery 2, for closer observation. And it was while she was in Nursery 2 that Dr Gibbs told jurors he witnessed baby Jay suffer two seizures. But Lucy Letby disputed this. She said it was her memory that one of the seizures took place in Nursery 4. Now, on this shift, Lucy Letby was looking after two babies in Nursery 3. But according to nursing charts, she was also administering medicine to another baby in Nursery 2, where baby Jay had just been moved to. Mr Johnson also reminded the court that shortly after 6am on this shift, the unit became very busy because a pair of premature twins who'd been born at home were admitted as an emergency. This, Mr Johnson said, gave her the opportunity to smother and try to kill baby Jay. So you were in Nursery 2 when the emergency was unfolding relating to the twins being admitted? Yes. Lots of distractions with this emergency. I don't know what you are implying. I'm implying the medical and nursing staff were having their attention focused on the twins. If needed, yes. It was such an emergency that Dr Gibbs came in early. Yes. 
Despite the focus of the twins' emergency, Dr. Gibbs' attention was deflected to deal with baby Jay, wasn't it? Yes. That was your doing, wasn't it? No, it was not. This was a serious emergency. It happened to a baby in nursery two, and you were in nursery two. I don't know I was there at that exact moment in time. Well, you weren't anywhere else. We can't say that. We don't know. My memory was the first seizure was in nursery four. I'm suggesting you were with baby Jay because you were sabotaging her. No. You took the opportunity when all other resources of the neonatal unit were concentrated on the two twins being admitted as an emergency. No. Mr Johnson then began asking Lucy Letby about what happened to another baby girl, baby Kay. We'll hear more about her next week as he only got partway through her case. But just to recap, baby Kay was one of the most premature babies in the case. She was born in February 2016 when her mum went into labour unexpectedly at just 25 weeks. Now doctors at the Countess did look into trying to move her mum to a more specialist centre, but the nearest bed was in Bristol and it was deemed too risky to move her. It's the prosecution case that Lucy Letby tried to murder her by tampering with her breathing tube several times in the hours after she was born. Sadly, she died after being transferred to Arrow Park Hospital, aged around three days, but Lucy Letby is not charged in connection with her death. Now, you might remember Dr Ravi Jayram, the consultant in charge of the children's ward, helped deliver baby Kay and several hours later, he believed he interrupted Lucy Letby trying to murder her by dislodging her breathing tube. So Mr Johnson asked her about this. Are you saying you weren't with baby Kay at 3.50am when Dr Jayaram says you were standing over her when she desaturated? I have no recollection. Are you saying Dr Jayaram made that up? It's untrue. I don't think I can comment on whether he made it up. I have no memory of being in there at that time and having a conversation with Dr Jayram. Do you dispute it? I think that's difficult when I have no memory. I don't recall any of that happening. I think I would remember if I had been present. Mr Johnson accused her of trying to bolster her defence by claiming that the Countess had been taking babies that were too small that should have been cared for elsewhere. I understand why she was born there but I don't agree it was right, or had to be that way. You don't accept the agreed evidence that to transfer her mother was a greater risk than to deliver baby Jay. That's an obstetric decision. I can't comment on it. I don't really understand what you're asking me. Mr Johnson reminded her that baby Kay's oxygen levels dropped and her breathing tube had to be changed three times in the hours after she was born. The first time was at 10 to 4 in the morning, the second at quarter past six, and the third just after half past seven. Lucy Letby said she had no memory of any of the desaturations or what happened to baby Kay, but suggested that potentially her breathing tube had not been secured appropriately because she had not been sedated and had moved it herself. Mr Johnson said that time-stamped computer records showed that Lucy Letby was the nurse who formally admitted baby Kay to the neonatal unit between 6.04 and 6.10 in the morning, five minutes before she desaturated. She agreed she'd done this, but insisted it was a paper exercise. But Mr Johnson pointed out that in order to input all of baby Kay's details into the computer, 
she would have had to go to the cot site where all the observation charts were kept and then return the notes back to the cot once she'd finished. You had to go to Baby K's cot site to carry this out? No, the notes are taken to the computer. Where did you get them from? From the cot side. I needed to take the notes to the computer. I think you know where I'm going with this, but I will dance the dance. At this point, Lucy Letby's defence barrister, Ben Myers Casey, stood up to object to the belittling and overbearing nature of Mr Johnson's question. The judge agreed Mr Johnson should refrain from making such comments and simply get to the point. So he continued. You took them back to the cot side, didn't you? After completing the form, yes. You were at Baby Kay's cot side a minute or two before she desaturated for a second time, weren't you? I agree, I have got the notes at some time. I can't say exactly when. I do not know when I took them back. You removed Baby Kay's tube when you took the notes back to her cot side. No, I did not. So that's as far as we got on Friday, so that's it for episode 37. Mr Johnson will carry on today and this week with his questions about Baby K and the remaining babies in this case. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my reports in the mail and on Mail Plus. You can also follow me on Twitter at Liz Hull. You can give us a rating and you can share the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or me at Radio Caroline. Or send us an email at thetrialofluciletby at gmail.com. See you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.